The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Glad to have you with us this afternoon. It's going to get a little confusing here because at 5.05, we've got Joan Buckingham and Jeff Buckingham with us. But before we go to the Buckinghams, we're going to go to the Brittingham. Joe Brittingham is with us from the Brittingham Financial Group. My head's spinning. Hi. Joe, how are you? Hi, Dave. Dave, how are you doing? I'm right. Do you know Jeff Buckingham? Do you know Joan Buckingham? I know Jeff, yeah. I met him a few times at the tax planning seminars in San Luis Obispo. Fidel Tax Planning. How are you, sir? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I'm doing fantastic. All right. I can hear it in your voice. So I feel good. A lot to talk about. Let's start with the disclaimer that we always take from you. Yeah, well, I'm giving you my input. These are my opinions. I clear through LPL, which is a broker-dealer. Securities are offered through LPL member FINRA, SIPC, and I get research from there, but I also get research from many other places, and the opinions I share with you are those of my own. You ever just feel tempted to tell these people, you know what, I'm going to go on the radio and say whatever I want? You know, you're you never tempted by that, are you? No, because I'd like to keep coming on the program, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just asking. All right, so okay. um, how is it on Wall Street today? Uh, good day. You know, we've kind of had a strong opening to the year so far. I mean, we've got uh, year-to-date. The Dow Jones is up a little over 3%. The S&P is close to 4%. The NASDAQ is slightly over 5%. Crude oil is about $78 a barrel. So, so far, decent opening. Now, uh, I want to start with the focus. You reached out to me, and I was not aware of this. We're going to talk about the Secure 2.0 Act. This was signed into law by President Biden. But here's the statistic I want to start with, Joe. I was stunned by this. There is a retirement gap currently of $137 trillion, trillion with a T, dollars, meaning that's the gap between what we should be saving and what we are saving, in th- just in this country. Well, there's a, a tremendous amount of incentive tax-wise for investors to save, Dave, and the Secure 2.0 Act is certainly going to expand on people's opportunity to save for retirement. It's a very good thing. Um, this is actually an expansion of the Secure Act, which was passed by the Trump administration in 2019, but this is an expansion of that. And both the Secure Act and the Secure 2.0 Act have uh, enjoyed, you know, sponsorships or you know, participation from uh, bipartisan support, you know, Democrats and Republicans. Good. All right. So, kind of walk us through the basics. Well, you know, there's a thing called required minimum distributions. We have a lot of investors who are over, uh, you know, 70 years old in that range. A few years ago, it was 69 and a half when you had to begin drawing from your qualified plans. That would be 401ks, 403bs, IRA plans. Yep. You know, there there were, you know, 69 and a half was the year you're supposed to start making distributions. And that's based on mortality tables. And, you know, the older you get, the more they try to draw out. And it's all taxable. So that was extended, and now this year they've extended it again. So starting this year, 
at 73, uh, RM, they're called RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions. So those will be starting again, and then they're going to um, jump up to age 75 in 10 years, in 2033. That's, that's one example. There's many different little provisions of this act. Well, use me as an example. I'm 69, and I've got a 401k that I contribute to each month, and my employer contributes to each month. So what's going to happen to me because of the Secure 2.0 Act? Well, you could uh, make Roth IRA contributions and not have forced withdrawals. That's a new um, That's a new thing as well. Also, for anybody over 50, um, the catch-up contribution, which is just additional contributions that people can make, um, has moved up to $7,500 per year. And then that is, you know, likely going to go up to about 10000 for many investors in 2025. So in addition to that, the Roth IRA contributions, you and I have talked about the Roth IRA in past programs, and they're expanding that a, a lot. Roth IRAs are now going to be allowed in simple IRAs and SEP IRAs, um, other types of deferred programs, which didn't allow for Roth IRA contributions in the past. Um, there's going to be additional uh, opportunities for, this is important for education, for, for children that have 529 plans. They're able to make a up to $35,000 rollover from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA. That's fantastic. Um, there's just various different uh, things that are available now. But am I still going to be forced to distribute at a certain age? Yes, you will still need to take your, your, your required minimum distributions. It's just they're extending the age. We're living longer. You know, down markets sometimes draw Congress to, you know, change the rules a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just it's, it's a case-by-case kind of situation. But, yeah, you'll have opportunities to do Roth as well. And so, but, yeah, there's, there's still going to be required distributions. They're just pushing the age out. And they're increasing the opportunity for Roth contributions. All right. So what age would I have to do this now under this new law? Well, in, starting this year at age 73, uh, Roth uh, required minimum distributions will, will begin, right? But if they're Roth IRA contributions, those won't necessarily need to be coming out, right? So there's various little nuances to the law. Yeah, but with my, then, but with my 401K. How old are you right now, Dave? I'm going to be 70 in May. Okay, so you got a few years before you need to even be concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what percentage so, do I have to take out? You know, it's the first year again. It's based on mortality tables. There's a there's a multiplier that they use, which basically you have to divide the account value by this by this number, which is based on your age at the time, and that is also based on the value of the account at the end of the year. So the December thirty first value of the account will determine what the the amount is it, it's usually around four percent of the total okay. um you know when you first start off and then the older that you get that percentage goes up so if you live to like your mid-90s it's much higher percentage at that age because these dollars have never been taxed yeah. so they're coming out to in, you know to be taxed Sarah Dar, who is head of financial planning at U.S. Bank Wealth Management, says this. These changes can empower individuals to reach saving goals and provide more flexibility upon retirement. Do you agree with that, Joe? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, the incentive is there for investors to save for their own retirement. You have to think about it from the government's perspective. If people are not saving for their own retirement, and then they're in retirement and they have medical needs or different needs, well, somebody's got to cover that, and that would be you know, the taxpayer or the government. So the more that people can actually save for themselves, uh, the, the more independence they'll have, the less the government's going to have to do that. So it, it's, it pays for the government to, to create these incentives. Any downside to this law? I don't see any. I mean, they're going to index it for inflation pretty much. So we've had a whole lot of inflation, as you know, in the recent years. And as a result, the dollar is dropping in value. So, um, you know, relative its its own value. So naturally, these are things that, that Congress should be doing from time to time. We're, I think it's great. All right. We're in conversation with uh, Joe Brittingham. What's the website, Joe? Brittinghamfinancialgroup.com. What's the phone number, please? Eight zero five five five. I'm sorry. Eight zero five two nine five six five five five. Better repeat that, please. Yeah, two nine five six five five five. By the way, so how are your clients feeling? I asked you at the beginning how you're doing. You sounded very upbeat. How about your clients? How are they feeling about the economy? Yeah, well, we've had you know we've had a long year in twenty two. Um, research I'm coming across is you know just saying that we're likely seeing a mild recession here in the United States. So naturally, we have some concerns about that. Investors have questions, but outside of the occasional, um, you know, call where clients are just getting spooked by one headline or the next, for the most part, people have been very comfortable just riding the course, taking you know the the markets with a grain of salt day by day, but giving it the time it needs to. We have seen a nice move off of the very low, uh, the lows in October, early October. So things are, are trending, you know, the way we would want them to. Uh, the research I've been coming across is, is showing, you know, just a, a recovery at some point, but a rocky rec- road to recovery. You know, I think we're going to see more fluctuations in the short term, being that the Fed is still tightening. But we think that they're close to the end of that cycle. Um, the, um, the European Central Bank is, is claimed that, you know, they're just behind the Fed, so they have more work to do there. And, uh, you know, there's uh, so, you know, probably already in recession in the UK and in the Eurozone. Um, there are some bright spots. Japan has got a much more easy economic policy there. So that was noted in some of the research I've done as, a, as an attractive place, specifically the financials. Um, China has come into the picture as a, an opportunity potentially in the emerging markets. Um, commodities, specifically copper. Some of these different areas or, or spaces are, are showing some some opportunity, and there still are plenty of companies out there that are that are doing just fine. So ultimately, I feel that it would be wise to you know really be patient through this market. At some point, the Fed is going to reverse policy. In fact, much of what I'm reading is is stating that by the end of this year, we could see the Fed reduce rates at some point. So that would be a much more accommodative posture. But for the short term, they're tackling this inflation issue. And, you know, we have figure a mild recession so that it could compress earnings a little bit. But again, this is these are the kinds of things that investors, you know, have to keep an eye out for the long term. All right. We're in conversation with Joe Brittingham. We'll be back and continue the conversation. As we uh, break away, though, I just want to give a shout-out on the Stolberg-Tatum text line, 
George Lee is listening in Limerick, Ireland. Hey, George. My wife plays in a brass and reed marching band. They were founded in 1850. There you go. All right, George, thanks for listening. We'll be back. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. The Buckinghams join us after news at the top of the hour. We have the Brittingham. Joe Brittingham is with us now. We're talking about the economy. We're talking about the new Secure 2.0 Act. Actually, it's been signed into law. Uh, sure, we'll take phone calls. 805-543-8830 if you want to talk to Joe Brittingham. Here's Mark in San Luis on KVEC. Hey, Mark. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, Mark. Uh, my question for you is, Joe, the Fed has quit buying mortgage-backed securities and treasuries and so they're they're now in the marketplace, and they want to deleverage the um, balance sheet. But uh, but yet, because of people's since there's a softness, there's a record number of people that are uh, have fled to Treasury uh, bonds and, and stuff, which is keeping rates relatively stable. So what happens in a in a in a recovery where the Fed begins? They're no longer buying uh, uh, debt or Treasury notes or, or of um, mortgage securities and they're deleveraging and people try to switch over to uh the stock market um how does that play out is there enough elasticity in the market or uh absorption of all that money anyway i'm just i want to hear from you yeah joe yeah no i I like the question um you know ultimately the fed I, i don't think that they're done you know forever in terms of qe um so it's a matter of time at some point before they decide to go back to that type of policy, I don't see that in the immediate near term. But yeah, certainly, I mean, we would expect at some point for those monies that are like in safe haven assets, if you will, right now, once confidence comes back around to move back into the to the stock market, you know, at some point, um, ultimately, um, the Fed is a bit more of a tightening policy now to attack inflation. And so interest rates are going to be coming up. They've kind of reversed posture from where they were here a couple of years ago, post-COVID. But that's, you know, the cyclical nature of the Fed. If you look at the history of rates coming up, you'll see that they tend to spike up quickly and then they start to trail down. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see later this year and into next the Fed bringing rates down in an effort to stimulate the markets and get some recovery into the equity markets. I think you'll see that. I don't know exactly when, but inflation is more their focus at this time. When they'll begin their QE again, that's, you know, I, I don't know. That was a question I had actually in uh, the recent research uh, I was doing, and I, they were unable to get to my question. That was a question I had as, as well. Hmm. But ultimately, I do think you will see uh, when the confidence you know, comes back, uh, more of that rotation back into equities. Mark, what else from you? Last week, quick question. I'll take it off the air. With the record amount of debt, Though, Joe, will we ever see the rates that we've ever seen, the three and a half, four percent, or have those days gone by and the new fives and six or sevens to eights will be more of a reality? And uh, thank you. I love it when you come on the show. Thank you. Uh, all right, Mark. Thanks for the call. What do you say, Mr. Mark, Brittingham? Um, 
Yeah, to answer that question, I mean, obviously, no one knows. I would bet we will see lower rates again one day. My hope is that we don't see conditions in the in the equities markets and in the general economy that would really require the Fed to bring that down sharply because that would be a stimulus effort. But ultimately, I don't think that uh, we're going to have like a high interest rate environment for you know uh, in perpetuity. We're going to see times where there's where they have to tighten to deal with those economic conditions, and that's what they're doing. And then we're going to see other times when they're going to want to stimulate the markets, and that'll be more the focus, and we're going to see just the reverse policy. So I would say a couple of years from now, I wouldn't be surprised to see rates a bit lower than they are now. Uh, on a side note, a listener is asking on the Stolberg Tatum line how they listen to the show on the web. It's real simple. You don't want to miss a word of Joe Brittingham. Just go to 920kvec.com, drop all the way down to the bottom of the page, and click on the arrow, and you'll be part of the conversation. Also on the Stolberg Tatum line, listener writes, you mentioned China. What's happening with Japan? I hear they're getting stronger. Joe? Yeah, yeah, we're seeing some healthy inflation in Japan. Japan has been dealing with a deflationary environment for a long, long time. Uh, their their policy, their central banking policy is a lot more accommodative right now. So we are seeing some encouraging signals there that uh, that economy has some opportunity. Um, and with uh, regards to the economic, you know, like the central bank policy, it's, it's a bit different than where we're at right now. So for that reason, there's some opportunity, it, it, you know, they have their own cycles, but they have different correlations to the markets. They have a whole completely different demographic, much older population. So to see some healthy inflation there um, is a signal, I think, that they've been trying to create for some time. Uh, I wasn't aware of this. The texture is also saying that one-third of tourists in Japan are Chinese. Really? I didn't know that. Had you heard that, Joe? Yeah. Yes, I I did hear that. Um hmm. That's correct. Yes, I did. There's a lot of Chinese that, that tour Japan. And, you know, with regards to China, there's, you know, some projections that they've bottomed out at this point. Uh, you know, 25% of their economy has to do with real estate, with really, which really cratered, but that looks like that could be getting resolved. And um, the COVID shutdowns, you know, at some point those are going to stop and their economy should open up again. So there, there's also some spillover effect that would come from a recovery in China to the emerging markets. So that's also on the on the horizon, too, very likely. We are in conversation with Mr. Joe Brittingham, 805-543-8830, if you want in on the conversation. Otherwise, you can call Joe directly anytime at what number, Joe? 805-295-6555. Oh, I'm sure you're going to love this question. On the Stolberg-Tatum line, a listener wants you to comment on what happened to the Bitcoin market. I'd love to hear that one myself. <laughs> well, that is a completely different animal. Um, I've been cautioned not to talk too much about that, but what I can say is that it's it's a different system, right? Bitcoin is an interesting animal. Um, that's probably a call, a, a conversation we should have offline, to be honest. Hmm. Well, but, but try this. Were you surprised by what happened? No, not at all. Not at all. And, uh, it, it, you know, the whole crypto market, it's a, it's a different animal. It, it has some of the fundamental, same fundamental rules of economics, but it's, it's a very different thing. Oh, but, not, yeah. but allow this question, because I think it's a legitimate question. I know there are two different markets, but because of what happened to Bitcoin, 
Is that going to make the traditional investor more cautious just across the board? I I don't think so, right? Those people that are in that market tend to have a, a much more focus on those kinds of intangible assets. I don't see that replacing the traditional system. You have investors that are in both, I'm sure. But, you know, it's ultimately not backed by the same kinds of earning potential that we have with, with real companies that are, you know, producing products and services. Now, no question, there will be some technology and some opportunities and some companies that will emerge in that space that will really, you know, do very well. But it's uh, it's it's kind of the Wild West there. There's still some regula- regulation that will probably come in that area. And so there's still lots to be seen there. So it sounds like they're two different animals. Yeah, I mean it's it's the crypto market's a very very different place, you know. It's 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 a real thing and it's an alternative that has emerged in recent years and it will have its good times and bad times like anything. Yeah. And in this case it seems to have correlated a little bit with the general markets, but I certainly don't, you know, think it's going to like take over uh, the whole markets and become like the, the standard. You know, I certainly don't see that at this time. Fair enough. Well, i got a couple of minutes left, Joe. Look ahead to us. What are you watching for in 2023? Well, I think we're going to see rates kind of level off here pretty soon. And then over the next couple of years, I think they'll start to like drop down again. Um, I think you're going to see the Eurozone be more aggressive with their tightening to deal with inflation right now. Global GD, global inflation is about 9% right now globally, and they're just a little bit behind. So we have certain other areas of the world that seem to be better positioned right now for growth. But ultimately, U.S. equities traditionally I have felt to be more or less the best uh, you know, risk-reward place, you know, value stocks, growth stocks. But obviously, for my investors, we want to make sure that whatever they're investing in is appropriate for them, that they can handle the fluctuations that come along with it, take income as needed. Um, the, the income, the fixed income market is certainly uh, a different animal today than it was years ago. It's the first time that I've seen, like, really attractive yields on, on tax-free bonds and other kinds of fixed income investments. It's, it's not been the case for quite some time. So that that's the current market. We'll see where that goes in the coming year or two or three. Fair enough. Uh, Mr. Joe Brinningham, always good to be in conversation with you. One last time on your website, please. BrinninghamFinancialGroup.com. Phone number. And I would encourage people to Google Secure 2.0 Act and read more about it and uh, follow up on what Joe was sharing with us today. Meanwhile, Joe, we got about 30 seconds for a final thought. Well, I've got, uh, you know, always opportunity to talk with you, Dave. I enjoy coming on your show. Thanks for having me. Um, I would really encourage investors at this time to stay engaged with, you know, what's going on in their portfolio to get a review. You know, we've had some real good clients come to us, Dave, over the years from your show because they felt, you know, like they've kind of gotten to know me listening to me. So if they are out there and they have questions, not to be shy to give us a call, it's get an opportunity to meet and see if we can help. All right, Mr. Brittingham, thanks for joining us today. Be safe. Thank you, Dave. All right, off we go. We go uh, news and traffic and weather. We shift from the Brittingham to the Buckinghams. Stay with us. I'm Dave Congleton.
the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111 911.